Society has mistaken wealth to mean money and assets. The Wealth We Define podcast is focused on building generational wealth beyond the materialistic by focusing on our emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, and relational well-being. Together with a cohort of health and wellness advocates, we'll discuss ways to design your own path to true wealth on the Wealth Redefined podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arnstein. Welcome to the Wealth Redefined podcast. Today I'm joined by the CEO and creator of the Arve Method, Arabella Shippers. Arabella, thank you for being here. Thanks, Tony. I'm happy to be here. Likewise. No, it's so cool to talk to you and the journey uh, that you've taken so far to get to this point is quite an incredible one. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've, I'm having a good time. Absolutely. And why don't we start by just understanding what the Arve Method is? So the Arve Method is my current business, and um, Arve is an acronym. It stands for Activate, Restore, Vitalize and achieve. And these are the four foundations to living a lifestyle of health and wellness. Um, I have been working in the holistic health and fitness space since about 2005. And I created the RV method after years and years and working with thousands of people and identifying the commonalities between where people are struggling with lifestyle, health, wellness, and fitness. And so the RV method makes those things accessible to people. Um, it's designed to meet people where they are. So instead of assuming that everybody is coming to health, wellness, fitness, nutrition from the same place, identifying where people are beginning from and then giving them the tools, the resources and the support to get them where they want to be to achieve their goals of health and wellness and to live a happier, healthier life. That's so cool. Now, how did you even come up with this Seeing is this is really your thing? It is, um, you know, kind of like when I when I looked at what I was doing with people, when I looked at the things that I was repeating over and over over the years, the kinds of conversations I was having, the type of hidden obstacles I was seeing people have when they are struggling with something related to health, struggling with something related to habit. Um, I kind of crafted the Arve method around those common points that I see. Um, and, you know, I mean, in a nutshell, it is coaching because there's a million different like exercise and fitness formulas out there, a million different workouts you can print off online for free, a million different diets. But what are the hidden obstacles, right? We know kind of what we're supposed to be doing, but what are the hidden obstacles that are keeping us from actually achieving? And that's what we tap into with the RV method. I really approach this from the perspective of habit mindfulness, self-awareness, and then applying these things to the practices that we want to have. Very cool. Now, for you, this is something that obviously it's, it's an extreme passion <laughs> to say that it's uh, anything short of that would be an understatement. But you know, a lot of people have this this journey into fitness because of something that they personally uh, experienced within their own body, right? But for mm -hmm. you, it was something you became aware of health at a very young age yeah. uh, for other reasons, right? I'd love for you to share a little bit about that. Yeah, so growing up, my mother is disabled, and she had um, what we know now was chronic Lyme's disease. She was actually uh, contracted Lyme's disease. She got bit by a tick in northern Wisconsin when she was about 14 years old wow. in the early 1970s. And um, basically, she was a healthy, happy kid. She got the flu in the middle of the summer and never got better. Wow. Um, she had multiple surgeries. She was uh, originally diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And wow. she was told that she probably wasn't going to live past the age of 30. Holy smokes. So she had a really a struggle as a young adult um, before I was born and then into her early adulthood. Um, she's alive and well. <laughs> but... Um, 
you know, when I was a kid, she had only they had only recently diagnosed Borrelia burgdorferi, which is the bacterial pathogen that causes Lyme's disease. Um, there is a bit of uh, controversy around Lyme's disease because, you know, in some uh, schools of medical thought, people believe that you just treat the Lyme's disease once with an antibiotic and it goes away. The problem is, is that Borrelia burgdorferi is a spirochete type of bacteria, smaller than the human cell. And part of this pathology is that this bacteria can actually go dormant well intercellular. So antibiotics can only treat, you know, any bacteria that are in the blood, not within the blood cell or within the, the B cell, the immunocell. So chronic Lyme's disease are people who have this pattern of dormancy and then activation, dormancy and then activation. Um, it is a debilitating autoimmune disease, which my mother had growing up. Um, so she had multiple surgeries to her joints. She walks with a cane or a walker. Um, she was in a wheelchair a lot when I was growing up, but just chronic pain. Mm. And so I became, as a, as a kid, I became very attuned, one, to what that looked like in people, what that kind of pain looked like um, in people. But I also was acutely aware of my privilege for my physical capacity to be able to do things without obstacle. So I was a very active person, a very active kid. Um, a ve I'm a very active adult. And I, I know that physical limitation really is, is present in many people's lives. And so I think of, of mobility, of, of fitness, of health as, um, as freedom and access. So that is kind of where I come from. That is like my working theory with helping people gain better health in their life because health is access. And wherever you're starting from with that, you know, like with my mother, for example, I, st I still actually work with her in modifying her diet and working around inflammation and working with other people in the same capacity. So I really am passionate about this work because it, it, it's, it hits close to home for me. When I'm working with people, I really want to see people where they are. I really want to help them recognize what is possible, and I really want to help them get there. Yeah, no, and you can tell, and you know, thank you for for sharing that. Obviously, yeah, um, you know, made you grow up uh, probably a lot quicker than most kids, right? In in, in some regard, Maybe, but, yeah, probably. You know, well, obviously, and it's still yeah. some sort of work ethic because I mean, here you are telling me that you were going out and getting a workers' permit at yeah. fourteen years old just so that you can go and yeah. uh, get a gym membership. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> you know, which is which. I mean, we could tap into that a little bit, but yeah, you know, I, I would love to just just kind of uh, off off of that what you just shared in terms of growing up. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is called the Wealth Redefined Podcast. So, yeah. in terms of defining wealth for yourself, and as we were talking about earlier, what, how did that really, you know, I don't want to say change your perspective, but because it really created that perspective, right, mm -hmm. for you, uh, what, what does wealth mean to you? To me, I think that if I were to find to define wealth, it would be the ability to have many experiences. Um, and to kind of, you know, live within those experiences. I think too often we're, we continue to try to get to the next thing, or we keep thinking that the next thing and the next thing, the next level, the next place, that that's where we really need to be. Um, and sometimes we miss out on the experiences that we are having in the moment. Um, wealth to me, I mean, first of all, like we are living in a time and in a place where we are experiencing a level of comfort and access 
to the likes of which humankind has never experienced. So every person today who has running water and heat and access to food, all of these things, that is wealth. Um, so wealth to me is it, it's access. It's access to life. It's awareness. It's also time, you know. Um, and so that's, I think, how I define wealth, just the ability to have experiences and access. Yeah, I, I mean, I love that definition just because I mean, that's really how I see what life is, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's an experience. And so to be able to have that and when you don't have the faculties that, that you know, in your body, and what, whether it be because of mm-hmm. uh, choices, whether it be because of whatever that, uh, you know, life gave you that so oftentimes and, you know, we make that decision that that um, so we prioritize things, right? Yeah. And, and for you, it seems like you really always have prioritized your your at least you know the physical side of things in terms of working out but it mm-hmm. seems like obviously you can't see the the mental side of things yeah but it seems like that's really as, as important to you as both uh, the physical mental well-being right yeah yeah and even like we were talking about earlier when um you were saying you know at different points in your life you have a certain level of awareness and that level of awareness informs what you're doing in that moment and then you might reach another level of awareness and then that will inform you know your circumstance i think that that capacity to move and grow with awareness, that's part of that experience. Um, and that, to me, is wealth. The ability to grow, transform, and evolve. Evolve our thinking because of our experiences, because of the people we encounter, because of the work that we do. I think that that, too, is wealth. Absolutely, it is. You Absolutely, know? it is. And where did this mindset come from? You from? Like, obviously, you could see that you know, from what you went through as a kid, everyone can make their uh, um, you know, opinions or form their opinions in terms of what they would have gone through, thought or felt. But for you, where did that kind of turning point of this is going to be what I pursue as not only my passion, but my profession, my life, you know, everything. When did that decision uh, take place for you? So that's an interesting question because I was not cl- I didn't really know what I was doing until I took a good look around and said, oh, this is kind of what I was doing. I was in the mind state of the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Um, I had intended to go to medical school, and then a, a sequence of events led me down the path of holistic health, um, fitness, body work, nutrition. Um, and then I was going to go into acupuncture. I just kept thinking about leveling up, leveling up. I then was thinking about going to school for naturopathic medicine. Um, and I was just always going to the next thing, the next thing. And and was part of that seeing like you just had a very like grandiose vision of what you wanted to be when you grew up kind of thing? or Kind of. Okay. It was also... Um, every person that I encountered, I, that, that stumped me, every client, uh, or patient, Mm -hmm. I worked in physical therapy for a while. I worked in clinical pain management for a while. And every time I encountered something that stumped me, I went searching for a solution. (laughs) I went searching to find a new tool. So I was just in this pursuit of packing my toolbox. You know, I thought that I was going to be able to do all of these things. Um, and I, I started two businesses accidentally Right. I, I, I know. Right. So <laughs> my I, I had been working in physical therapy uh, at the time for a while. And then I started working in a pain clinic at uh, Munson Medical Center because I, I had a knack for working with people who had chronic pain. Shocker. Um, but part of it was because I recognized that 
people experiencing pain and working with people who are experiencing chronic pain, it was not about understanding their pathology. It was not about understanding and do the right technique and da 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 da. It was about establishing trust with them, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have this kind of another working theory of mine. And like when when people watch, like for example, have you ever seen that show, My Six Hundred Pound Life? No, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So people will watch something like that, or people will see people in a level of like disarray in their life, and they'll be like, how did you get there? How right, did you get right, there? Right. Well, you, I know exactly how they got there. The small little choices, right? No. Oh, no? Avoiding unpredictable pain. Okay. People will tolerate. That's so true, though. A predictable level of pain. Yeah. Even if that predictable level of pain is seemingly intolerable, people will tolerate it to avoid unpredictable pain. Okay. You choose what you know, right? Right. And so working with people in chronic pain was helping them identify exactly where they were in pain and convincing them to experience an unpredictable level wow. of pain in order to get them out of that predictable pain. That's actually really profound, considering that, I mean, here I am thinking you're going to talk about habits since that's really the focus of getting to that point, right, mm-hmm. are those healthy habits. But you really, you're digging deep into understanding like the root cause analysis of things for sure and that's what every that that's where everybody is even when we're dealing with habits it's the exact same thing people do unhealthy habits unhealthy habits are painkillers yeah all unhealthy habits are painkillers right healthy habits are real painkillers but the unhealthy habit is predictable. We understand it. We know that this, it's a distraction from something. So you do have to get to the root cause, no matter what it is. No matter if you are, you know, like I say, these um, uh, the invisible obstacle, right, to fitness. Like there's a million different programs that you could print off a program that can tell you exactly how to lose weight, exactly right, how to, right. well, are you going to do it? Right. No, because there's a hidden obstacle there, and it's a mindset obstacle. So even working in clinical pain, I recognized that, and I, I was good at it because I was able to, to see that in people. So I used to objectify pain. I would say, you know, working with, on a scale from one to 10, where are we? Oh, we're at like an eight. Can you tolerate it? I think so. Okay, let's stay at an eight for now. Okay, we're going to go to a nine for a little while. Can you tolerate it? I guess. So it was just this pattern of getting people to recognize and understand back to my first accidental business, you know, I, I, my schedule grew. I was working with um, more and more people that were not part of the prescription program that were not on their insurance. And so I was taking, doing a cash-based business within the clinic that I was working with. And my schedule just got overflown, overflooded, and I had to find another space to do business. So mm. that was the first business that I accidentally started. Yep. I did the same exact thing when I moved here to Chicago. I had no intention of starting a business. I was going to acupuncture school. I was in a master's program. I was going to you know, go all the way through this, more and more tools to help people. That was my mindset. And I got my um, massage license in the state here because I was working in medical manual therapy in Michigan. And in Illinois, I decided to get my massage license. I had to sit for the board exam. And I was working in just like a general holistic massage um, clinic. It was actually IU Spa um, at 600 West Chicago Avenue, which is a fabulous place to get body work. I highly recommend. Um, And I was there for a little while, but I didn't know how my work would translate into like a luxury spa Mm. because I didn't do luxury work. And I remember I was there for maybe three months and the owner had like a meeting with me. 
She's like, what are you doing? I was like, what did I do? You know, (laughs) she's like, you are, your schedule is booked out. People are like booking multiple appointments within a month and a week. She says, we don't really have this. Like, this is not how people book at the spa. What are you doing? And I'm like, therapy, you know, because people were coming in and most people looking for massage are coming because they wanted, they they were in pain. Something was going on. They wanted to. You know, they they said, oh, my neck hurts. Oh, this and this. And so I was treating them like I treated people before. You know, when I was working in clinical pain, let's identify the problem. Let's work with it. Let's educate. Let's talk about how you're going to get out of pain, how many sessions I need to see you for, and that's what we'll do. And so that's what I was doing. And she's like, wow, this is so, this is not what we're used to. So I then, again, the same thing. I was getting more and more requests. My schedule was filling and filling and filling, and I didn't have room for them at my work so I started seeing people privately and then that just snowballed so that's very cool I mean, yeah. what, what an amazing way to start a business though yeah that's, that's pretty so what, what was the biggest lesson you learned from you know from starting that way and I think a lot of people would jump into something and, and expect things to work out but you really you weren't trying to start a business you were just pursuing your passion it seems like yeah and and what was really happening was that I cared a lot, you know? And um, when I was working, like even when I was working in physical therapy, even when I was working at, you know, the pain clinic, when I was working at the spa, the those business models didn't weren't big enough for how important my work was with the people I was working with. Um, and, the, and, you know, like many of my clients, I've seen them for a long, long time. They refer me to friends and family. Like that's one of the greatest compliments to me when somebody who I work with refers me to somebody who's very important to them. That is one of the greatest compliments that I can get. Absolutely. And um, so I just had this, this unique ethic about how I worked. I, you know, I cared a lot. I really was invested in the outcomes that my uh, clients were having. And so going in, you know, building my own business or having my own business only made sense because my philosophy really didn't fit into these other, like, you know, kind of rotating business models. Absolutely. So. And, and as far as right now, you know, obviously people are listening and, yeah. um, you know, hopefully like, wow, I, you know, I, I, I love what I'm hearing so far. Now, who is your ideal client? And walk me through kind of a little bit of just what to expect, right? In terms of if I'm ailing from something, if I have goals, you know, what is the first step in terms in terms of working with you and what does that look like kind of ongoing? Yeah. Um, so the, the RV method is actually um, the most recent incarnation of my, my business. Oh, okay. And I'm doing this business model because I do need to give uh, this to more people. And I've been at capacity with being able to work one-on-one for a while now. And so this is my uh, project in scaling what I do and giving more access. Um, And, you know, when you ask me who is my ideal client, I think that in the coaching space especially, um, there's this conversation around niche, right? For me, I don't care who you are if your goal is to make changes to your health improve your level of awareness, improve your mindset, and access self-mastery through managing your own lifestyle and habits, I can work with you. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, no matter where you're coming from, if your goal is to get in control of your life through self-awareness, assessing your habits, right, and building new routines in your lifestyle, I can help you. Very cool. Yeah. So on that note, 
what's the you know the the vision for the future what do you hope for what are you working towards what can we expect in 2022 and beyond for you so i'm actually working right now i'm building out my digital product uh, as we speak so i am working with a wonderful team of people to help me develop that and it's going to give um tiered access right because working one-on-one with me is a bit expensive um and it's also a bit time consuming And it's not necessarily where everybody is right now. Sometimes people just need to get off the ground, um, build some knowledge, skill set, and awareness before they're ready to jump into a commitment like a full one-on-one coaching program, right? So I'm building a tiered model that's going to give people a subscription access to the Arve Method ecosystem. And Arve is an acronym for Activate, Restore, Vitalize, and Achieve. So I'm going to help people in that subscription program access those little boxes within their own life. It's not going to be incredibly time-consuming. It's not going to require a tremendous amount of knowledge or skill. It's just going to get people on that pathway. Um, I know as a coach that when people are able to make one thing happen, they see how easy it is to make another thing happen and another thing happen. So I'm working on that. Um, that should be actually live and accessible by September. Okay. Very cool. There will be master's programs. There will be one-on-one coaching programs available with that. Um, and then going forward towards the end of the year, I am really hoping to put together a master mindset coaching program online that can, you know, more people can access so that I can give this kind of knowledge medicine to people and help them apply it to their own lives. That is my goal is to really spread this out there and have people access what I know in their own lives and start building their vision for what wealth looks like to them and what health looks like to them. Very cool. I'm very, very exciting. I mean, all very exciting. Well, yeah. you know, on that note, I just want to thank you for coming in and sharing uh, just so much of, of your story, the origin, but also the things you're doing for others in, in such a cool way. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you.